You are listening to the podcast series for Mission to Amish People. Mission to Amish People is a Christian ministry with a threefold purpose of evangelizing and discipling Amish and former Amish, helping Amish people who leave their communities by helping them transition into the English world, and by presenting the ministry to churches nationwide. You can find out more about Mission to Amish People by going to their website at www.mapministry.org. Today's podcast is part three of four and is called The Testimony of Paul Helmuth. There's a committee of people, a three-man committee that stepped into our lives, and these men were, uh, at least one or two of them were my uncles. They tried to come in and control the home, and, and uh, I remember them doing some stuff that was really off the wall, and I was school teaching at the time, and I... I came home, and I must confess, I was infuriated. I was going to go down to the neighbors, which I did, and pick up that landline phone and call this uncle of mine and let him have it. And uh, I just remember like yesterday, 16 years ago, I remember picking up that phone. Just before I picked up the phone, uh, God spoke to my heart. He said, are you really going to take this into your own hands? Are you going to give it to me? I said, I knew it was God speaking because it was a peace, a voice of peace. And um, I said, I'll give it to you. I knew what the right thing was. I said, I'll give it to you. Now, the amazing thing was, though I said I'll give it to you, I did not, I still picked up the phone. When I said, I'll give it to you, he permitted me to pick up the phone and call my uncle. And now, you have to understand, for an Amish man to answer the phone in his phone booth is kind of like one chance in a, or two or three chances in a hundred that he's going to pick up the phone at seven o'clock at night. I picked up the phone, and lo and behold, he answered to my utter surprise. I was going to leave him a message. But he answered the phone. But by this time, just by simply submitting myself under the mighty hand of God, a peace came over me, the anger left me, and I said, Monroe, what you did today was wrong. But one thing I know, that all things will work together for good. Boy, I was, I was so blessed. I, I began to understand a principle in the law, uh, in the universe of God, that you, when you love God, everything must work together for good. Not everything will be good. Not everything always looks right and good, but everything works together for good. And I said, Monroe, I, I just know that it'll all come out right. It will. And interestingly enough, when I resign myself to God and to the way that he's going to work things out, my uncle got angry. He got furious. He came and attacked me. I was teaching school at the time. He went back to the bishop of the school that I was teaching, and he tried to get me fired. He said, you got to fire this man. He's dangerous. Now, in what way was I dangerous other than I had given myself so completely to God that he's going to work this out 
that he's going to accomplish a purpose here outside of your power. And what the Lord made very plain to me was in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 11 and onwards, for we wrestle not against principalities, against powers, against forces of the rulers of well, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against the principalities, powers, the forces of evil and wickedness in high places. And that night, I began to understand another principle of God's word. Do not wrestle with flesh and blood. Don't. We're wrestling with an arch enemy that works through unconverted flesh, flesh, human beings that are not surrendered to Christ, are an agent in the devil's hand to accomplish his purpose. However, if you love God, everything must work together for good. The devil is so defeated when we walk in the promise that all things work together for good to those who love God. Condition is this. If you love God, everything must work together for your good, even if people have evil motives towards you. And when I released that, I had such a peace. Oh, I had peace. I... I said, I could care less if my job is taken away at school. I could care less. I have so much peace. This peace is so precious to me. I don't care if I lose everything. The peace that I have with this, it doesn't make a difference. It does not make a difference to me. And so, well, now you have somebody that's jumping around. I just, I just saw the nature of this heavenly realm that's all of a sudden aggravated because he's dealing with not Paul per se, but now he is, as I step back and realize that I'm engaged against evil powers, all of a sudden, this is like, if I could just get him to, if I can just get flesh to fight with flesh, we can keep this thing going. But if I back away and start to fight, reserve my energy to fight uh, against principalities, that, through Christ, that becomes a threat to his domain. And so they got all upset with me and bent out of shape and said, I have a de- deceiving irreglove, a false, false belief, and, oh, the word started flying. I'm, I'm a dangerous deceiver and all the above. And Anyway... A little later on, uh, my brother introduced a tape to me called uh, Repentance from the Root of Sin. Uh, it was from a guy uh, from India. He preached a message series on uh, it was called Repentance from the Root of Sin. It had to do with I will. I was all by myself that night. I borrowed a tape recorder from my neighbors who had the tape recorder, who used it to listen to how to teach dogs or, you know, how to train dogs. And I thought, hmm, I'll I'll use that to listen to this message. And so I did. And I'll have to back up just a little bit. Now, no, this was pretty much at the same time, though. Um, What he came across that night was about giving up everything to follow Christ. He said when he was a young Christian, he knew he had to give up marriage, and oh, oh, that hit me like a ton of bricks. That was exactly where I was in my life. I had determined that I would, uh, you know, get married, and Ruth was the she was kind of idolized in my life, and I had decided that I want to get married at all costs. And uh, well, 
that night all by myself, the preacher said this way, Zach Poon said, sin is, is narrowed down to one thing, two little words, I will. When the devil came, became the devil in Isaiah 14, uh, Isaiah chapter 14 in verse 12 onward, he says it like this. <clears throat> After starting verse 13, but you said in your heart, I will ascend to heaven. I will raise my throne above the stars of God. I will sit on the mount of the assembly in the recesses of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will make myself like the most high. Right there, I discovered God put his finger right on that thing called my idol and and my idol was simply this to explain what my idol was is my wife or my girlfriend was more important than God was and when he put his fingers on it there was no denying it I wrestled and I struggled and I battled for I don't know how many hours into the night but I knew one thing I've got to hold I've got to hold tight to this one that I know I need his blessing. I held on to him, and I held on to him, and yet I said, Lord, I, I can't let go. I can't let go. Sometimes, I don't know how. I cannot explain it. Sometime during the night and in the morning, I, I got released. But all I can tell you is a little bit like Jacob wrestled with the angel. All I can say is, at some point, he delivered me from the power of that idol, the thing that was more to me than was God than God was, like Abraham and Isaac. The Isaac was finally given up. And that next morning I remember getting up and saying, Wow, it literally feels like I could fly. And I thought, this is amazing. Amazing. I I almost feel like I could just jump out of my upstairs windows and go fly. The chain was broken. When I got convicted of my condition of putting my wife before God, loving her more than loving God, I was so released. And you know, as many of you can testify, when you get released, when you have good news, do you just put it under a bushel basket? If you've got a light, do you just kind of put a bushel basket over it? Or do you at once say, hey, once I was down, once I was blind, now I can see, once I was lame, now I can run. And that's what I did. I had no clue that this would get me in trouble. I was blissfully innocent and ignorant of what would happen. So I just went out and I started proclaiming the young and the old and whoever had ears to hear. I went proclaiming my liberty and deliverance. And, oh, I didn't realize most people would start shaking their heads. But And it disappointed me. I remember my deacon coming for the first time. I thought, hey... I'm gonna, I'm gonna make this so clear and so plain. He's gonna believe it, and we're gonna be on the same page, and there's gonna be a revolution. And he came, and we sat, and we talked, and he shook his head and went. As I remember him going out our long driveway with his horse and buggy, I looked out of my window and I, I just cried. I just cried. I went down on my knees beside my bed and I cried and I said, Lord, who has believed my report? Who, why don't they believe? Why don't they believe? This is where the Lord begins sharing his word more and more into my life, such as they have no room in their hearts. John 15, John 16, John 8, 
where they say they have no room in their hearts for me. They will do these things because they don't know me nor my father. They will do these things because they don't understand. And the scriptures became alive like they never did when I became under the great trials of the ministers kept coming back again and again and again and again. And the more they came, I actually came to the point where I delighted and I rejoiced to see them coming because every time they came, God would increase the amount of word into my life. It was like, thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. I was getting to the point where I was looking forward to them coming because God would just give me more word, give me more word. And uh, <clears throat> so it finally, you know, they, they said, we're going to have to... Uh, work further, we got to lock you out of council, and so they did, and uh, then we went for a little while, and then they tried to come back again and say, uh, I said, well, you know what, I still wanted to be Amish, I still wanted to, I wanted to help my people, so I said, okay, let me get back in here, and maybe these, maybe this tape recorder won't work, and all this, they let me back in, but then pretty soon I was witnessing again, and then they said, oh, now we're here, you're talking again, so then they said, okay, now you're talking again. I said, well, what am I supposed to say? Well, just say that you believe in Jesus. And I was like, well, that's just just to believe in Jesus. You know, that's all. I, there was more to just saying that. Anyway, <clears throat> they kept uh, trying to make me make commitments like don't talk to anybody. And I was like, well, should I obey, should I obey you or should I obey men? And uh, finally decided... That there was no way, there was no way that I could stay there. So I did get a pickup truck, and my Amish boss at that time, he heard that I got a truck, and he came up to me one day and said, "You're fired." Oh, okay. And his papers in his hands and his knees shaking, and he said, "You're the devil. You're a false prophet. You're a heretic, and uh, you're you're just demon possessed." I the amazing thing that I always marvel when I look back at that is the grace of God. I do not take any merit for my own on that because I had such a calmness in my heart that day. I just stood there. I looked at him straight in the eyes and I asked him, can I now tell you my side of the story? And he said, no, get out. So he drove me out and fired me from that. Fired my brother the next day. Fired my sister the next day. Bang, bang. Ministers came and said, you spent, why are you not shunning calls? Because my mom said, because I was crying out for the truth. And uh, I opened up my Bible and it says, whatever you do to the least disease my brother, and you do it unto me. So I, I just, if I shun Paul, I'm shunning Christ. Okay, then you're excommunicated too. You're going to get excommunicated too. Oh, okay, whatever you need to do. Thank you for listening to this podcast series. Check out Mission to Amish People online at www.mapministry.org or keep up to date with us on Facebook and Google+. Thank you again, and have a blessed day.